Hey, hey guys, what's going on? What is going on? Eddie will be here shortly. He is over talking to his boss at Safeway and getting me prizes <laughs> and giving him breakfast as well. Um, but he'll be here soon. He sent me a message. He's like, I'm trying, baby. I'm like, I know. Oh, speaking of the devil, I hear him coming in. <laughs> so give us a second for to get him all set up. Let me get my pop-up chat out over on DLive. Get that situated. You're the best around. You are the best around. All right, there we go. Hello, cute gossip girl gamer. Well, that's a lot to say. Hello, gamer girl. <laughs> hey, Nicole, Andy, Amora. Thank you so much for subbing over on DLive. She's a mooner. Um, who else is in here? Spitfire. What is going on, guys? Just waiting for it. Eddie to get set up and get into. How are you guys doing? Hey, Ruth, how are you, hon? What is going on? No, not chicken fried steak time. <laughs> no. You're just annoying Andy, Nicole. Why is the phone ringing? <laughs> oh. Hold on one second, guys. Sorry. I should have waited to go live. Hang up this as I pick up the phone. It didn't ring that long. Two rings. I know. I'm good. Thanks for asking, Ruth. It's your daytime job? Yeah, I can understand that. <laughs> I can understand that. Almost there. <laughs> Amora said, yes, I'm a mooner, but I don't moon anyone. I keep my pants on. LOL. <laughs> it must be difficult sleeping at night. <laughs> Only the best are mooners. What can I say? <laughs> Bloop. Is your mute mic? Is your mic mute? Is your mute mic? Yeah. Okay. There he is. He made it. Hey, guys. <laughs> Did you want to read it out loud or? <laughs> you want me to? No, because a, a smart man would not say something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Ruth, Nicole, Andy, Heather. Um, is Gamer still in here? Hello. Hey, Heather. How are you doing, hon? What's going on? Yeah, how you feeling, Heather? 
Hey, Spitfire. Well, good Friday morning to you. Afternoon, evening, whatever. Good Friday the 13th. Yes, good Friday the 13th. Hoping my lucky day. What's that say? Four gathers? Thank you for subbing. I appreciate it. Hey, Laura. Who'd you say hi to? Did I miss somebody? Amora. Oh, I thought you said Laura. That's why I was looking for Laura. <laughs> okay, so um, today, of course, is Friday the 13th. It's usually my lucky day. We'll see how that goes. Um, <laughs> and it's also Freaky News Friday, where we share odd and weird news of the week. The show I missed the most. Right. You're the best. You're the best. Thank you so much, Heather. You guys rock. You guys what? You guys really got a kick on trying to watch me flip Missy off, yes, sir. Yes, because he's trying to, you know, maneuver his arm, his wiggly arm or hand. And he was trying to <laughs> flip me off last night. Trying. <laughs> He's getting it. He's getting there. <laughs> so if you are new here today, please feel free to stick around and watch and have fun and jump in the conversation. If you're not new here, thank you for coming back. We appreciate you guys so much. And today we got a lot to talk about. We do. We got Mothman to talk about. He's been seen in Wisconsin and Chicago. Dun, dun, dun. So let's keep an eye out on what's going on there. Also, we're going to talk about seven ghosts that appear every August in the United Kingdom. A mystery troll captured on camera. Andy. Probably. (laughs) We're going to look at a video that shows a guard being attacked by a ghost. Thank you, Heather. Thank you so much for the lemons, Heather. We're going to ask, is Earth a prison planet and a moon a station for the Guardian? Uh, Our picture runs over. <laughs> <laughs> you are so awesome, Heather. Thank you so much. We're also going to look at... What are we looking at here? No. Andy says, was the troll mooning the camera? If so, guilty. <laughs> right, yeah. It, it all depends. No, he's not. <laughs> now we're going to talk about researchers explore using light to levitate discs in the mesosphere. Interesting. Ex-cop says, DOD tried to influence a judge in the Bob Lazar. UFO saga. Then two planes report bright green UFOs swooping through the clouds. And then that and so much more coming up on Shadows of the Moon with a little bit of chaos. Oh, and I did save the best for last. Well, I'll put it, we'll, we'll talk about this first because I figured Eddie would love to hear about this. Now I'm scared. 
Well, because you always like hearing about Egyptian stories, right? He's like, what? I do? (laughs) (laughs) World's oldest known beer factory may have been unearthed in Egypt. (laughs) Drink like an Egyptian. (laughs) (laughs) There you go, right? So here's the picture of it. See, that's why they mummified them. Is that what it was? Yeah, they were pickled. (laughs) This is what they're showing. (laughs) Heather says, same shadow time, same shadow channel. That's right. That's a big brewery. (laughs) So that's what they unearthed. Right? And you can see the, like, the, I don't know if you saw it, but the red lines here. This is what we're going to be talking about. Right? Okay. So they're saying. Thank you, Ruthie. She liked to shirt it out everywhere. Thank you, Ruth. Appreciate that. Um, American and Egyptian archaeologists have unearthed what could be the oldest known beer factory and one of the most prominent archaeological sites of the ancient Egypt. Um, top antiquities. Officials say Saturday. Mostaf Wazari, a secret or a secretary general of the Supreme Council of Antiquities, said that the factory was found in Ibidus, an ancient burial ground located in the desert west of the Nile River. He said that the factory up here apparently dates back to the region of King Narmer, who was widely known for his unification of the ancient Egypt in the beginning of the first dynastic period, which was what? Andy wants to know if that's the red line district of ancient Egypt. Maybe. (laughs) It could be. Um, Archaeologists found eight huge units. Each unit is 20 meters, about 65 feet long, and two and a half meters, about eight feet wide. Thank you, Spitfire. Thank you, Spitfire. Each unit includes about 40 pottery basins in two rows, which were used to heat a mixture of grains and water to produce beer. The joint mission was co-chaired by Matthew Adams, the Institute of Fine Arts, New York University, and Deborah Vishak, assistant professor of the ancient Egyptian art history and archaeology at Princeton University. So there you go. I mean, what are you going to do? Um, Nicole's asking, is this a recent story? This is. This was, let me see the date. This came in The Guardian. And this was in February, actually. But I saw it pop up and I was like, oh, we got to discuss this. Eddie is going to love this. (laughs) So, I mean, really, can they go back and sue uh, Budweiser? Or who was the first beer? <laughs> well, absolutely not, because uh, you said that they use grain and water. Right. Well, we use barley and hops. Right, that's true. So the formula has changed. Um, now, the British archaeologists were first to mention the existence of the factory early in 1900s, but they could not determine its location. So they must have found something with, like, a map or something on it, or whatever they find, right? Um, but yeah, 
So they were trying. They were at least trying. <laughs> oh, moron. Or a Ruth. Did you see what Ruth said? No. Hey, Andy and Eddie are cheeky sausages. How do you ladies cope? <laughs> well, you take it day by day, Bruce. Just day by day. Hey, Ryan. How you doing, yeah. on? Yeah, Ryan. I, I'm feeling a lot better. I got my uh, heart medication. I started taking it yesterday. And I look forward to our discussion, too. I can't wait for it. So, yeah. So, Egyptians had the first beer. <laughs> See, now you know why you were so, you know, loved mythology and, you know, you know, all the Egyptian gods and goddesses and the, you know. Look, <laughs> Egyptians know how to party. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true Andy said if these archaeologists had any brains they'd need a larger area excavated they should fly Eddie over there starve and dehydrate him for a day before covering the whole area with beer oh hell I had that dug up in hours that's right he'd be like right on that <laughs> oh too funny too funny so the next story coming up, we got a lot to go over today. I got like 50 tabs open here. You know, half of them won't work, but we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> so commercial and military pilots report recent UFO acti activity over Canada's East Coast. Oh, Heather, they're coming looking for you. <laughs> they're in Canada. Since less than two weeks after the blockbuster revolution that the Canadian company responsible for providing air traffic control monitoring to commercial pilots has been hiding UFO reports, and in just a few months after an independent investigation found numerous Canadian UFO sightings by pilots not known to the general public, comes yet another unusual sighting near Canada's Atlantic coast. <laughs> and this one reports um, from both commercial and military pilots. So, are aliens spending more time in the Great White North now that the border restrictions have lessened and close encounters with American military pilots may be getting too close for comfort? This happened yesterday. This was the report yesterday. The Gander Area Control Center reported that a plane, a government, the government of Canada, Department of National Defense flight from Trenton, Ontario to Cologne, Bonn, Germany, and a KLM Royal Dutch Airline Airbus from Boston, Massachusetts to Amsterdam in the Netherlands reported seeing a bright green object. It flew into a, a cloud, then disappeared. It didn't obviously didn't impact uh, operations of the flight, but it's it's the report. And let me make, I might not have it today. Andy, I couldn't have said that better myself. I, I mean. I'm not sure if that's what my last thing was that I copied, but I wanted to. <coughs> yeah, it is. Okay. So let me put this in chat. This is the 
Oh, it won't let me. What the hell? Copy. That's so weird. What is going on? It won't let me put it in chat. It's got to have these weird... Probably because it's government. Oh, Spitfire. That's because our halo is split in half. And it's just sitting on each side of the head. It's actually a halo. <laughs> no, it won't let me, guys. Um, well, it's, let me send over there. It did through there. I don't know if Streambot's going to let me do it. But anyway, that link is to the actual re- Government of Canada report um, that tells about the report, what happened and everything. And it just basically, like it says um, on here on the report, it says occurrence and event information. It could have been a weather balloon, a meteor, rocket, or S or a CR. C-I-R-V-I-S slash U-F-O. Um, we got to stop the show. Why? Because Shadows just went live. Oh, God. Well, yep, we got to go. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. To, I guess, uh, let's see. It says, the incident referred to on this report was po- posted on August 11th by KDORS the Civil Aviation Daily Occurrence Report System, the organization providing to the public digital access to its database of airline incidents and UFO reports from airlines, but actually occurred on July 30th, giving the military airlines and government plenty of time to investigate it before posting it. Well, why the delay? The Candor reports gives probable cause as a weather balloon, meteor, rocket, or UFO. CIRVIS is the Canadian United States Communications Instructed and Reporting Vital Intelligence Sightings. So, apparently. Well, see, right there, it's completely wrong. What? Because you cannot put military and intelligence in the same sentence. <laughs> but it's required to be filed by the U.S. and the Canadian military pilots after un- all unidentified suspicious or hostile air or seaborne traffic incidents. So that's apparently the new thing now. Um, Vice.com, which has been doing an outstanding job revealing the UFO goings-on in Canada recently requested additional information from an unnamed Canadian military spokesperson and got this response. They said, in this particular incident, there is nothing to indicate that what the crew saw posed any kind of safety risk to the aircraft. We believe that they saw something or they would have not have filed a report otherwise. So, I mean, you know, they just saw a green ball go into the clouds. Could that have been like a a reflection on maybe another plane flying through? I mean, I, I think they investigated... Well, I mean, there's not much you can investigate after it disappears, obviously. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm sure pilots know what that would look like. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they say it was flying. It flew into the cloud. Well, if it's a reflection off another aircraft, 
an aircraft's movement, of course that that reflection is gonna gonna move with it, right? You, know, I, you, you see what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, I definitely see what you're saying, but I do. I will say, can I just say, hey, Simon? What's up, Simon? I absolutely love that the the Canadian um, military spokesperson. I love that they gave, you know, we believe that they saw something or they would have not filed a report. If that was U.S., they're like, well, they saw something, but I don't know what they, you know what I mean? Like, they don't have the, the U.S. don't, not don't believe in their military, but they don't, I don't know. What am I trying to say? The U.S. is fucked up. Well, yeah, we all know that. Besides, (laughs) we all know that. (laughs) But I mean. They, you know, they believe in their pilots. Hey, if my pilot said something, he saw something, then I believe him. I think they just try to keep us quiet. Just They don't want mass hysteria. But what the, our government doesn't understand, we know more than what they think we know. Right. Um, Heather said uh, years ago she's seen a, a UFO hovering above some kind of power plant or something. I believe it. Definitely. I, I believe, yeah, the, oh yeah, hovering over the Darlington power plant. Well, now that, I mean, how did, Canada apparently is, um, has been hiding their UFO information. But I mean, we can't say nothing because we did that for years. And we still try to do it. And again, we still try to do it. Exactly. So, I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think? That's pretty much true, Andy. Exactly. Yeah. U.S. government statement. I don't see shit. Smoked a ton of it, but, um, but I didn't see it. And that's true. Simon, I'll, I'll try, but remember I work overnight. So I go to bed kind of early. The military is still experimenting with alien technology. Well, I'm sure we are. Yeah, I'm sure we are. But they're not going to admit to it. <laughs> I met the Canadian government, not all of Canada. Heather's like, I'm not hiding anything. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Heather, tell the truth. <laughs> You're on social media, so it has to be true. <laughs> Yeah, the denial of the, the denial, you know. And, and see, the reason why I said uh, military intelligence is, is is an oxymoron is thinking of, of what the Marines stand for. Muscles are required. Intelligence not essential. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. Thank you, Nicole, for the ice cream. Oh, thank you, Ruth. Oh, thank you, Ruth. That's so sweet of you. Thank you. I appreciate that. We we appreciate that. (laughs) Every time I get so good at it, and then it just drops away. (laughs) She's like, he'll never notice. I said it twice. I know. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, Spitfire. I did not touch that alien with a 10-foot pole. Nope, it was 12 foot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. 
All right, so the next one is, and this kind of goes along with everything that, and it, oh, what the fuck? that's what I'm saying, Nicole. Yeah, yeah, I still don't believe the I is the new we. <laughs> so is Earth a prison planet and the moon a station for guardians? You know, it's not really news, but it's just I I saw this and I was like, oh, yeah, I got it. Well, I've seen more and more pictures lately of the dark side of the moon of shit that's being spotted. Right, right. Well, Isaac Asimov suggested a long time ago that the moon is not a natural astral body. All independent studies ever since backs up his calculations. And it was proven beyond any reasonable doubt that the gravitational features of the moon are not just abnormal. They are exact numbers required so that the moon does not escape from the Earth's gravity and be pulled toward the sun, as it should be according to the law of the universal gravitation. Okay, to, so it's the dust star. It, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> That's what they're saying, basically. Taking under consideration the hundreds of unnatural phenomenon that happens on the surface of the moon that NASA never bothered to reveal to the general public, but have nonetheless been observed for centuries by independent observers. It may be assumed that the moon is a constructed spacecraft and not a normal astral body. To mention a few of these observations, the moon is older than the Earth. Carbon dating shows the Earth at 4.6 billion years old and the moon at 5.3 billion years old. Um, Simon says, U.S. President, I did not have sex with that alien lizard. (laughs) The dust around the moon that is supposed to have come from weathering and the breakup (laughs) of rocks on the moon's surface has a chemical composition that does not match the composition of the rocks of the moon itself. The dust itself is another billion years older than the moon. While the moon has no magnetic field, moon rocks are magnetized. Thank you for the follow. Patikin. Patikin. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, yeah, like I said, while it has no magnetic field, the moon rocks are magnetized. There is evidence that the moon craters were created through internal procedures, but the moon has never been hot enough to create volcanoes. The surface metals are heavier than the metals on the, in the core. Usually the light metals are found on the surface and the heavier, heavier ones are close to the core. Okay, one thing I, I, I don't understand. Okay. The, the moon has no gravity, right? Right. It has no... Uh, magnetic field. Right. Okay. So let's go back to the first moon landing. Right. Now, when they hit the surface of the moon, mm-hmm. you've seen the dust kick up from when they landed, right? Right. Why didn't that dust keep floating away, but it fell back to the moon? If there's no gravitational pull. Because it was done in a sound screen. But then how could they I don't know, I wasn't there. (laughs) How did that scientist prove that with no air, even that flag could move? Right. True. So there's so many different ways that you can look at that. Moon blocks that are just sitting there. How how are they still sitting there? Why aren't they floating away? Right. Or at least being pulled by the, the sun. Something. 
there is seismic activity on the moon without corresponding meteor strikes or movement of tectonic plates. In fact, there was an observation of eruptions from a reddish glow, precisely identical and repeated, moving the moon closer, closer, closer to the Earth. <laughs> so, Nikolai Kazarev in 1958 saw this, and Lowell Observatory in 1963 saw this. So, does this look like thruster firing? It sounds like it, at least, right? Like something's thrusting. Shut up, Andy. Just shut up, Andy. Um, The above, along with the myriads of other incidents, seem to indicate that the moon has been placed in the Earth's orbit, not by an act of random chance or nature, or as a result of the application of any law of astrophysics. So, I mean, there's a lot, you know. A theory was that there is that the moon was placed there as a shield for the Earth from meteorites. That's been depicted, you know. Let's accept this as a fact. By whom? God? Do you know what I mean? No. Who says it was just placed there? <laughs> then why are these other ones in our in our orbit? Right. Are they also to protect us from meteor storms? I don't know. So it says uh, that theory accepts that someone placed the moon where it is, making the debate focus on the purpose. Based on certain facts, there have been theories. Let me shut this down. Okay. In various timelines, which support the concept that our entire planet was created, created as some sort of prison. According to one theory, it's a prison for observation of our species, which we've all heard that, talking about aliens and stuff like that. How many times have we brought that up, right? I'm saying thank you to Ruth. Okay. <laughs> for another theory, Ruth is a... a Ruth. Did I just say Ruth? <laughs> See, this is what happens. This is why we can't have conversations like this, because that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Same like when me talking to him, if he's typing, he'll type everything he that we're talking know. about. Another theory: <laughs> Earth is a spiritual prison. <laughs> yep, nobody understands what you're just talking about. <laughs> Putting aside the question mark on the sanity of the people who quoted these theories, right? Because they have these theories. <laughs> That's okay, Ruth. <laughs> She's like, my bad. Sorry. Um, Did you say Earth was a spiritual prison? A spiritual prison, yeah. Are you back, Nicole? Well, then it's really failing. Well, yeah. So, let's look at some of these theories, right? Earth is an inherently unstable planet. It cannot support habitation and sustain long-lasting civilization. So what facts support that statement? Did you really say that? Yeah, yeah. That's I remember what, when you accidentally said avoid Heather. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I know. 
Heather, that was not very nice of her. I apologize on her behalf. <laughs> and he says, Earth is a cup, one almighty far cup. <laughs> um, continuous earthquakes, volcanic eruptions, and other natural phenomena that supposedly demolish any civilization that advances too far ahead of its time. The Manoa civilization, Atlantis, Pompeii, Dominican in Iran, plagues in the Eastern and Western Roman empires, etc. Is it logical to anyone that mankind tries to build on a foundation that is capable of destroying everything built in a matter of seconds? Can there be any other reason than the possibility that they have no other option like leaving here and going somewhere else with more favorable conditions? So basically what you're saying is, is us here on Earth, we're like walking on eggshells. Basically, yeah. Think about it, <laughs> you know. Mother Nature can say, nope, don't like that there. Boom, gone. You know. Number two, we all know this. Mankind is self-destructive. It's a bare fact that people cannot stand other people. Wars attacks, raids, murders, rapes, crimes, and anything imaginable from people to hurt other people? Isn't this exactly what happens in prison full of criminals? People are put behind bars when the crime is a small scale, individuals and small groups, but large-scale incidents are recorded in history as significant in evidence like the Crusades, World Wars, Revolutionary Wars, Civil Wars, Genghis Khan, Attila the Hun, and they're taught in history books in school. Does that make sense? Well, it absolutely does. Like, but Andy, Andy says it pretty good. He says, the biggest thing to end human civilization tends to be humans themselves, and that's absolutely true. Chuck in the odd ET impact or ice age into the mix, and it's amazing we made it this far. Exactly, exactly. Number three, mankind is always driven by a higher force. So let's take a look at some of the great figures of history. Well, I wouldn't say great history, but they're great figures, but they're figures of history. Now, a lot of people would consider when you say they, they were driven by a, a, a higher force, mm -hmm. envy. Right. Alexander the Great. Barbarossa. Barbarossa. Blech. Peter the Great. Ivan the Terrible. Mao Zedong, Joseph Stalin, Winston, Winston Churchill, Adolf Hitler, Mussolini, Genghis Khan, Attila Hun, Julius Caesar, Franco, Francisco Pizarro, and the list goes on and on. Between them, about a billion dead. Thank you, Heather. Thank you, Heather, for the limons. Yes, that figures correct. A billion dead in wars driven by a higher force. One billion souls sacrificed in the name of a higher force. Replace higher force with whatever name, whatever name you prefer. Welcome back, Nicole. Right? What's the best way to control prisoners? Allow them to retain their gang structures inside. Aryan Nation against Black Panthers, Triads against the Mafia, Latinos against everyone else. Divide and conquer, the oldest trick in the book. 756,000 inmates, all in the prisons of the world. We lost our lives in gang feuds with prison walls. 
And for what? An ideology, a race, a way of doing things, a religion, an individual? Read which army said. Would God want his creation to topple his throne and take over our heaven? That's why he made humans with self-destruct button. Exactly. That's about what's the, the Tower of Babel, right? Isn't that when they were, or was that the other one? Um, Babylon, wasn't it? The one where they were building the pyramid to heaven. And he oh, destroyed yeah. it. And, and it toppled. And he, and he gave everybody different languages. Yep. So they couldn't work together. Right. So... Going back to the way he was thinking that basically we're, we're in a prison. Spitfire, somebody already tipped over his outhouse. That's why we're all shit here on this earth. Right. Yeah, they all had one language at one time. See, I'm not, Simon, you have to excuse me because I, I, I'm not really a Bible person, but I remember little aspects, you know what I mean? Because I love to learn research. Um, Eddie's usually my go-to guy when it comes to buy the Bible and everything. Yeah, believe it or not, I know chaos. It's, it's scary, right? <laughs> but you know, but crazy. <laughs> I mean, I I get why the guy thinks that. You know what I'm saying? I get why that theory is in play. It makes perfect sense. I mean, if we all still spoke one language, we would be able to overcome everything. Right, it, it, and there would be no purpose for life. Right, yeah. Let them not eat from the forbidden tree, for man will become gods like us. Kind of makes a mockery of, yeah, exactly. Well, that's like we were talking about the demigods yesterday. Remember, honey? Yep. yep. You know about gods having you know relations with humans. So I mean. Um, you, you know, Simon, I, I, I don't think what your religious background has to do with anything about you want to learn about science of the Bible or, or anything like that. The only thing that stops you from wanting to learn is you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put religion in front of anything. Yeah, exactly. You know, I just... I, uh, Amara said, but one thing we can be sure is that no one knows what God is thinking. Seeing seeing us in him, we don't read minds either, yet. True. Actually, some people do. Well, yeah, some people do, but yeah, I love reading books, too. My whole Kindle is full. Right, yeah. I read that too, Andy. According to Gnostic Pace, the person uh, the person everyone prays to is a demiurge, not a true god. And the thing is, is we don't know. I mean, all I know is all my experiences I've had. Um, you know, can only go by what you know. I've changed many different ways. <laughs> Simon's like, God has, has had enough. He's somewhere having coffee. No, you read the sign hanging on the stars. It said, gone fishing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. All right. So 
But I can understand the theory. I can understand the theory. But let's go into a little bit more of what we were talking about, demigods. Oh, yeah, go ahead. um, So the conversation that Shadows and I had yesterday, and and now these these are some of the conversations that we just sit and have out of nowhere. We're just out having a cigarette, and somebody will ask a question, and it'll snowball, basically. And uh, my biggest thing was, uh, that I brought up to her, is, is demigods were to be looked up to. They were better than the average human. And what I couldn't figure out is why would a demigod want to have a relationship with a normal person and, and, and try to have babies when they believe nobody was higher than the demigod? Why are you trying to create more demigods? And that's the conversation that we got into. Yes, we are weird. Yes, we have. One day we could have a conversation about demigods. Next, we could have a conversation about UFOs, then ghosts, then, you know, <laughs> it's just weird. Exactly. Yeah, Nicole said, look at Greece, ton of demigods. She said, to me, God paved the way for us. The rest is up to ourselves. Being Catholic, I consider the Bible as kind of guidance, not a rule book. Right. And and I respect that. I mean, I respect all religions and how they feel, you know, and all that. And, and right. I believe that's the right thing, basically, is that it was a guidance, not actual rules. Exactly. That's all it was. Yeah, I mean, they it's recommendations. Right, yeah. Or maybe the gods are trying to tell us training wheels off. This is the time for that. Maybe that is the way we talk more about it to, today. Well, that's true. I mean, I think with the whole thing of, of, first of all, UFOs, you know, the government saying, hey, yeah, we have things that are unidentified. Um, whether you take that as aliens or not, um, I think that has a lot. It's definitely more opened up. It's weird because I've seen that with religious aspects, like people are more open to things, but yeah, other things are closing back down. Does that make sense? Like our normal is closing back down to where the odd and weird stuff gets talked about more. Talk about Anaki. I've talked many times about the Anunnaki. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. <laughs> We've talked to, well, before, you know, yeah. Matter of fact, I think every What If Wednesday, just about every What If Wednesday has had something about the Anunnaki in there. Um. Andy, that makes perfect sense. Uh, Andy says, I have, I have yet to read something written by God. Loads of there on man's interpretation of God, God's will, etc., but nothing proven to be written by God. Yes. And, and he's right. It, it does make perfect sense. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, I guess take it as you will. I mean... You know, what can I say? 
I kind of understand where he was coming from was saying that we're prisoners on earth and the moon is where, you know, the moon shouldn't be there basically. Not that I want to, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I don't want to, I was pissed off at the scientists for a NASA for shooting a, a rocket at it anyway. Well, because they thought they seen them barn doors. That and they wanted to see what it sounded like. Well, screw that. You're going to fuck it all up for all of us. Well, they found out it was hollow. This is why <laughs> This is why the aliens are coming because we're fucking up. I mean, we're, people don't look at it the way that some do. And that's basically, you fuck up our universe, you're fucking up everything that's out there's universe, basically. <laughs> you're fucking up the timeline. Yeah. Uh, Spitfire says, some experts think angels and gods as bright lights could be UFOs. That's the thing, you know, you you don't know. I mean, I know what, all I know is what I've experienced. That's all I can say. You know what I mean? It's And that's what any, any of us can. That's why I believe that we make our own worlds. That's why I, I say if you believe in you know, UFOs and aliens, you'll probably see UFO and aliens. If you believe in cryptids, you'll probably see cryptids. You know what I mean? But if you go that road, remember I said too, even if you believe in ghosts, doesn't mean you're going to see one. Right. You'll see one if they want you to see it. Right. That has nothing to do whether you believe it or not. An ancient Egyptian hot dog? That sounds pretty gross. Yeah. I can't even imagine. I bet you that bun's stale as hell. <laughs> exactly, Simon. There's so many roads and avenues, you know, that we can go down. Yeah, some say the dream world is the real world, you know. Definitely. It's crazy. It can, there's so many avenues you can go down. That's why I like talking about this with you guys. You know what I mean? All right. So moving on to the next. Now, I don't know about you, but this makes me want to keep my eye on, like, Illinois and Wisconsin. Because both of them sightings, or both of them states have seen sightings of the Mothman. And to me, like I said... It is well. They didn't say the Mothman. I think one of them says a winged humanoid. Um, but if it is the Mothman, to me, that's saying something's going to happen in those areas. And what's creepy is, I believe in maybe it's not Chicago. I'll I'll have to look. I haven't done much research on it. But if there's missile missile silos over there. Yeah, that's kind of freaky. Um, so the first one comes from O'Hare International Airport. This happened on, I believe it'll tell us. Um, I know it was reported August 9th, 2021. A trio of witnesses report security response to a winged humanoid sighting at O'Hare International Airports. The L is, isn't there supposed to be something under O'Hare? 
two. I'm not sure. So Manuel Navarri of UFO Clearinghouse recently published an account from three witnesses who claim to have seen a security detachment respond to a winged humanoid sighting in the United Cargo Facility at Chicago O'Hare International Airport. The sighting reportedly took place Thursday, July 22nd at approximately 10.30 p.m. That's lovely, considering five days later my kids went to Chicago (laughs) International Airport. Yeah, Nubisburger. There you go. (laughs) That is funny. Thank you, Amora, for the ice cream. So, Navardi received the initial report as an email submission. They said, I was walking to my car with two of my friends after getting off of work. We were talking about the day and how it felt to get get off work and go home. As we approached the car, thank you, Nicole, for the ice cream. Amora, appreciate it. As we approached the car, I saw something moving across the street, um, but on the other side of the fence. It was dark, but you could easily see as the entire area was lit up. And there was a plane that had been brought up near the fence for unloading loading. And there was a lot of activity around the plane. As I walked, I pointed out to my friends, and they also saw the same thing. At this time, a white SUV came driving up with its emergency flashing lights on all on the road on the other side of the fence. Two men jumped out, and some shle- they showed uh, flashlights on a, on a person, prompting the person to turn around and stare at them. It looked to be about six to seven feet tall, was dark shade of gray, almost black, and it and had what looked like two large glowing red eyes. But that could have been from the flashlights being shined in his direction. About 10 seconds after the first vehicle arrived, another came up in the same side of the fence, and this person, um, the same side of the fence as this person, and illuminated the person with the headlights. We're hearing my friend say, Lord have mercy, as we watch the scene unfold in front of us. It was about the time that the person opened up what looked like a a pair of giant bat wings and flew up into the air. As it flew and over the people that were now gathered around, it let out a loud screech that sounded like train brakes or the brakes from a large truck. So that screeching high-pitched, you know. It flew around in a large circle twice, screeching, and then flew out over the fence and toward the runways and terminals in the distance. As we watched a white pickup truck from the TSA Transport Security Administration emblem came toward us with emergency lights on and told us and others who had gathered in the parking lot to clear out and get in our cars and leave the area immediately. We did as we were told, and we, as we drove out of the parking lot, we saw another three marked vehicles and just as many unmarked vehicles pulled onto the street and parking lot, all with their lights on. I took um, my friends home, and we talked extensively about it. One of my friends who worked the later shift at United told me that the airport security and TSA 
were in the area and asking people who stepped outside to please go back in for safety. And we were out there for at least an hour to an hour and a half. I did some research and came across a podcast where, oh, where you had been a guest and get your information. The investigator said he was about, he was later able to speak to all three witnesses over the telephone. All three witnesses are in their mid-30s and work at United Cargo Sorting Facility and have been there for a number of years. All three witnesses were interviewed separately, and all three basically tell the same story as seen from three different points of view. All three tell of the entities being seen by the entity being seen by the initial witness who told the other her other two two friends to look over there. What stuck out as odd to them was the fact that the entity was so close to the fence and was all in black, in contrast to the high visibility attire worn by the ground personnel personnel. One witness said that she initially was worried that the, it was a person who was going to hop the fence and approach a nearby plane. That's what they initially thought, you know what I mean? Till it took out with the wings. <laughs> um, said, uh, I don't need your stinking plane. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? The witness told me that there were multiple ground personnel working in the area and one of the control towers was 100 yards away which probably prompted the immediate response by airport security and TSA. But all three witnesses did describe that the entity had a large set of bat-like wings that were approximately 10 to 12 feet in width, and that it did flap them into the air. All three described the noise the entity made as sounding like train brakes. So, I mean... Is he there for a warning or, you know, why Why are they showing up at airports? It, did a plane crash that day? Was there trouble on a tarmac? I mean. Right. Um, so there, there's a couple things going on with this. Obviously, um, they said, uh, it is my opinion that this warrants further information by UFO Clearinghouse Investigation Team and all information be passed to Phantom and Monsters over at, with Lon um, and the 14 uh, research team for possible follow-up in, investigation. Now, as part of that effort, the Singular 14 Society has submitted a Freedom of Information Act request for, with TSA for more information on this report. Any response to that will be published as received. So I'll be watching for that at this because uh, I watch that website. And Lon, who does Phantom and Monsters, has to this to say, on August 4th regarding the incident, about an hour ago I received a call back from my source who is a ground supervisor for the airlines of O'Hare. They are made of they were made aware of several sightings during the past two weeks, but not officially, just rumors throughout the terminal. When, when did this happen, Simon? Since the plane caught fire in uh, Heathrow. Heathrow. I don't know. Uh, well, I know you. Right, know. yeah. <laughs> Strickler, Lon said basically his contact said, he has that heard nothing from her people lately, 
but that doesn't mean nothing's going on. O'Hare officials have been have warned workers in the past not to report sightings. When asked if TSA security had increased of his late, his contact response said it's possible, but for other reasons. That's all I know. So O'Hare International. So guys are on this. Lon's on this and 14, you know, is on this, which is great. Um, Anyway, it says O'Hare International Airport has been the epicenter of recent winged humanoid sightings in the Lake Michigan Mothman investigation, with over a dozen sightings reports coming from the airport itself since August of 2019, and many more reported in the surrounding communities. Of course, reports for the larger investigation have come from every state bordering Lake Michigan and dated back to 1957. Spitfire refresh. We're not buffering. Is anybody else buffering? So that was the one that was in at O'Hare. And this one is in Wisconsin, which borders, which it'll tell you it borders. Um, it says huge wing monster reported in the Wisconsin or at the Wisconsin State Fair. State fairs across the U.S. are known for monsters, you know, like monster trucks, monster bulls, but now it's known for just monsters. <laughs> um, so this year, Wisconsin State Fair, which had a monstrous return after being canceled in 2020, of course, Demick, when a witness spotted a seven-foot winged monster. It looked up, and there was about 30 or she said, I looked up and there was about 30 feet in front of us toward the parking lot was what looked like a very tall being, but it wasn't like any person I've ever seen before. It was about seven foot tall and thin, but it still looked very solid. It was coal black and had two glowing yellow eyes and it had wings. The report comes from Lon, Lon's site, Phantoms and Monsters, um, which has an extensive coverage, uh, you know, of sightings in and around the Chicago area over the past few years. The Milwaukee record has quite a number of uh, sightings over a Chicago. That's one thing, too, is, you know, you go to who you trust, right? If I had a sighting, I'd probably, like, go to lawn. Hey, TTVP. Hey, Val, how you doing, hon? Welcome, welcome. Do you know what I mean? Just because I know Lon's work, trust him. You know what I mean? Or I would go to Expanded Perspectives podcast just for the fact because I trust them. I know they really look into things, right? So it's hard when you have a sighting of something, you go to who you trust. Or if you're not around people that you know that are into cryptids or UFOs or ghosts or whatnot, you, you find somebody, anybody, to help you figure out what you've seen. So uh, Simon asks, could Mothman be Mothman? So could Bigfoot be Big Feet? <laughs> <laughs> I don't just... know. I don't know. In other words, I think what he's asking is, do you think there's actually more than one? In my heart, I don't think there is. I don't know why. I don't know why I feel that way. Do you know what I mean? I just know that 
I just feel there's only like one Mothman. But yeah, you think there's more than one Bigfoot? Yeah, I don't know why that is. You are froze. I'm froze? You just unfroze. I just unfroze. You... Maybe. Hello? Hello? Got one hell of a delay. Let me try. Thank you, Amara, for the ice cream. Thank you, Amara. So, uh, the report, like I said, came from Phantom and Monsters. Um, it's held annually in West Alias. The Wisconsin State Fairgrounds are about 100 miles due north of Chicago. An easily fight for, flight for a creature that was wit, witnesses to have a 12-foot wingspan. The yellow eyes are unusual. Mothman that I've ever heard of had uh, red eyes. Hello, is it me you're looking for? Nope. <laughs> um, so it said the thing took a couple steps towards the stage. It looked like it wasn't at all steady on its feet, but I wasn't close enough to see what feet it had. Or, you know, nor was I stupid enough to get close to this thing. <laughs> it stood there for about 10 seconds before it turned it headed back its head and looked right at us. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, all I know is I'm going to keep an eye on the Wisconsin and Illinois area. That's cool. Uh, Vail says that the, they have a Mothman Festival in the fall in uh, Mount Pleasant, West Virginia. Well, yeah, they of course. That's where the Silver Bridge. Excuse me, I didn't know they had a festival. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> Every year since it happened. But, um, uh, no, I'm just trying to see if they, they mark any, anything else. I mean, they asked the question, did the Wisconsin dogman sprout, sprout wings? I don't think they're one in the same. <laughs> So, I mean, I'm just going to keep an eye on that. I'm going to keep an eye on Phantoms and Monsters, which I always do anyway, because I, I love that site and live on that site. Um, <laughs> right, Amora? <laughs> you just need to put a little salt and barbecue sauce on them. I, I would love to go to the TNT bunkers there, Val. I think that would be awesome. Did you get any weird feelings or anything? I know. I know, Andy. We got to keep an eye on the sky. Well, our sky is cloudy all the time. <laughs> so it's hard to keep an eye on the sky without cloud spotting. I was going to say, it's easy to keep an eye on the sky. You ain't going to see shit. <laughs> and we uh, did anybody hear of any invasion <laughs> oh yeah weren't we supposed to all be dead or something now or no not dead or... just an alien invasion <laughs> she's like nope but the mothman pizza wasn't bad I heard about the mothman pizza 
<laughs> I'm glad it wasn't bad. <laughs> Listen, I've only had one bird poop on me in my lifetime. I don't want another one. All right, guys. So the next story we got is a team of researchers in the University of Pennsylvania has found that it is possible to levitate very thin discs in conditions that mimic the mesosphere using laser lights. Pretty weird, huh? So, how does a beam of light make something levitate? It just says, in their paper published to the journal Science Advances, um, the group describes their research involving a possible way to allow flight at very high altitudes and how well it worked. Earth and weather scientists would like to be able to send sensors high up in the atmosphere, and now that's possible. Doing so would allow to monitor the airflow and perhaps improve weather, weather predictions. The area of interest is the mesosphere, and that's the part of the Earth's atmosphere. It's approximately 50 to 80 kilometers above the surface. In these altitudes, the air is too thin for airplanes to fly or balloons to reach. The only option right now are satellites and rockets, but that, of course, proves its problem. So the researchers explored a new way to address the problem, using light from below to keep a very light aircraft flying. So they stole Dorothy off Twister. (laughs) That's what you want to (laughs) say. It's a team out of Pennsylvania involved in constructing these very thin discs out of mylar. So they're using mylar balloon type material. And that can be held up in the mesosphere by lasers. I don't know. That sounds freaky in a way. Like, DARPA? That, yeah. That's that's true, Andy. It does sound like a, a build-up. It says uh, the the researchers explained that the levitation was not due to a push from the laser, but to the heat created as the laser struck the nanotubes. So it's basically you have your paper with your light, you know, your laser coming up. It sounds like it's heating this part of the area underneath to keep it afloat. Do you know what I mean? Honey? I know what you mean, because it, things heat up in expanse. Right. And the more space something covers, the lighter it becomes. Right. So, and when they did that, it said the heat striking the bottom of the disc transferred heat to the way that resulted in more downward moving molecules gaining velocity than did the mod, uh, molecules gaining an upward velocity. The result was an up upward movement of the disc. And here, I'll put this in the chat because they have all of these videos of it happening, like when they're doing the testing in that. But they're doing the testing, of course, in tubes. 
we have a dog. Yeah, sorry about the dog barking, guys. <laughs> but it's it's pretty neat. It's neat. It's weird. And this came from SciDog.org. So, I mean, more than likely, I mean, they talk about climate change and everything else. Well, they're the ones creating it. They think it's happening, you know, with all these uh, factories and everything else. But that's not what's causing it. It's direct scientific experiments. <laughs> Spitfire said, quit farting here, Andy. It's grade A methane. There you go. Next on the list is basically, this is about Bob Lazar. We all know who Bob Lazar is, right? From back yeah. in the day. He's the one that the government hates. <laughs> right, yes. So, and I'm sure, you know, it'll explain who he is in this article, but government employees who agree to become UFO whistleblowers can sometimes face severe consequences, and in some case, even death threats. Now, a new witness has come forward to who can corroborate that such threats have occurred and are taken seriously. Back in 1989, a young scientist named Bob Lazar told an outlandish story to chaos. KLAS-TV, claiming that he worked on an alien spacecraft at a secret facility now known as the infamous Area 51 in Nevada, right? We know what happened to all him. The news team tried to find other witnesses who might, you know, cooperate with uh, Lazar's claims. Someone who helped was a career law enforcement and investigator named T.G. T.J. That is a J, right? Yeah. Janazo. He's never spoken publicly until now. Uh, he worked with the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department beginning in 1978, doing patrol for two years. Then he moved into protection detail in the 8th Judicial District Court in Las Vegas. Hey, Elizabeth. How you doing, hon? Welcome, welcome. Over the next 12 years, Genazzo worked his way up the ranks and was offered an investigator's position with the district attorney's office where he worked for more than 20 years before retiring in 2014 as assistant chief investigator. During his time with the courts, Genazzo did locate a woman who had worked for a defense contractor and who had said she sat in on meetings with which military officials discussed the Roswell-style crashes and strange materials sent to a secret base in Nevada. So, when George Knapp, if, and I'm sure most of you, if you follow UFO, you know who George Knapp is. Um, he was the one that first interviewed Bob Lazar, uh, which threw him into the UFO community from the beginning, basically. Well, not from the beginning, but you know what I'm saying. Hi, so, Elizabeth. Thank you, Heather. He asked, what's your initial impressions of Lazar? And TJ said, I found him to be extremely credible. You know, from living here my whole life, born and raised native Nevadian, being around a lot of people that were involved at the test site, and being involved in a lot of cases in court, that revolved around the test site. 
and the Yucca Mountain, actually. I was a part of that. I did security team for the trial they had at the Yucca Mountain on an individual that got injured out there and lost an arm. Thank you, Nicole, for the lemons. Thank you, Nicole. So I got a lot of inside info from guys that were working out there. I mean, I'd run around with a notepad, you know, taking, talking to all of them all the time. Because if it was anything test site, I tried to switch it over. Always watching. Always watching. That's right. What, to, what do you know about UFOs? And none of the guys would ever talk. So um, the whole rest of the interview I'll put out here because it's under Mystery Wire, of course, which is George Knapp's website. And I'll put that in the links. But you can hear his whole testimony, basically, or interview with George Knapp about Bob Lazar and that, you know, and other military personnel that he talked to, that he saw, that he knew what was going on. So I thought it was interesting. So there's that for you. Um, Let me see here. I'm trying to find. So, and you also know that Bob Lazar was the one that mentioned Element 115, right? Yeah, but everybody will cover that up and say he ain't the one that said it. Right. So, he goes, um, George asks him, when you visited Bob's house, did you ever see the disc holding the 115? TJ says, yes, I did. I was there with you when they were getting ready to set up filming that. He goes, I know they were really excited about that. I really didn't understand the little experiment they were going to do, but I do remember that that disc that Bob said had the element 115 was in. So he says, fast forward to the incident. So 1990, after Bob becomes known all over the world because of this series, he splits up with his wife. He's very lonely and makes really bad decision to get involved with a prostitute. You know, had all that stuff going on. Hey, what's Run! up, G? Smoking G. Hey, Smoking G Sharp, how are you? Welcome, welcome. Um, so yeah, so that's, they went after him for that, the whole, you know, prostitute and stuff like that. And TJ says, oh, back in the day, it was absurd to see someone not only charged with pandering, but to the point that they were talking about pandering felony with prison in time. I mean, there were pimps on every corner back in the day. You're driving around, you know, they're driving around in their BMWs, monitoring their girls on the corner of the strip. And yet here we got this guy who was essentially, Bob was doing just books for them. I think that the bottom thing was, you know, basically he's saying they went after Bob wholeheartedly. 
when they should have been going after all these other, you know what I mean? He was only doing the books for him, right? Honey. I'm listening. Okay. I'm reading comments. You get any input here? You know, they the government went after Bob yeah, for doing the books, but left the prostitutes and the, you know, pimps alone. Of course, that, that was... The- that's what gave them the excuse to go to cover everything up and go after Bob. Right. But uh, it's still, to this day, how does somebody not work for the government anymore or anything, but still has top clearance security pass? Bob don't. Not Bob. Who is the other one? Lou Elizondo. How does he have top clearance when he has nothing to do with the government anymore? I don't know. Tell me that don't sound fishy. So, George Knapp said, the pro-probation report, you call, I have a copy of it. I'll have to look at the names. But the parole and probation officer wanted him to go to prison because they were angry in part because they, excuse me, because they couldn't verify his employment and education history. He told them the same story he told us where he'd gone to school, where he'd worked, and claimed that he had worked out there, and they were angry about it. They wanted him to do hard time. Hey, Ron. And uh, TJ said they were angry because they felt as though he had they had been he had been lying to them, but he hadn't. Just everything was a cover up with him. And you look at it this way, like because they went after him to charge him and this and that. Mm-hmm. What a lot of people don't look at either because they're trying to prosecute uh, this man that has power. Okay? Right. But if the prosecution can beat them and win a case, it makes them look better. Right. And that's why it's done this way. Right. Yeah, so he's basically saying the DOD tried to influence a judge in Bob Lazar's case. Exactly. And, you and, know, and they'll, it'll happen every time. Right. Like Annie said, easy attention grabbing target. Same as Ed Snowden. They don't hear the government apologize for lying and cheating, spying and snooping. They're convinced the public that the exposure is the wrong. Yes, exactly. They do, they've done it over and over and over again. But I'm glad, like, Bob's story is coming back into light and people are seeing, you know what I mean? And, and, and if you think about it this way, too, like, like they, uh, basically, they're trying to frame Bob, okay? Right. And if they can get away with this and they can defeat him, it makes society look at Bob, everything you said has been a fucking lie. Right. They're taking away his credibility. Yeah, that's what, exactly. They're trying to take away his credibility. Ed, Edward Snowden is, is not from Britain. He's from the U.S., but he lives in... He fled the No, Britain. I think he went to Russia, didn't he? Where'd he go? He went somewhere. Well, when he defected, when he de- when he defected from our army like a little bitch... No, not... Edward Snowden's the whistleblower that told everybody that the government was spying on us. That yeah. wasn't the other guy you're thinking of. He's still a little bitch. Why, why'd you run? Because he was going to get, they were going to kill him, I'm sure. They are going to kill him anyways. Honey, you're not thinking of the right guy. 
I'm, I'm telling you. I know he's the whistleblower. I get that. And and he took off because they thought he was. they were going to kill him here in the United States. Well, they were going to prosecute him for just, you know, coming out. Well, he would have never made it to court. He, he would have died before that. But you, you think no matter where he flees, we don't have people in that countries in that, that are going to be hunting for him? No, he's safe right now. I mean, he's been on Joe Rogan twice now. Where is he at? So he's back in the States. No, he's not back in the States. Uh-huh, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, he's... But, yeah, it's like him. Amazes me. They try and take away one man's credibility for exposing them, calling the guy a liar. I have yet to find a politician who has only spoke the truth. Exactly. Okay, yeah, I thought he was in Russia, USSR. Oh, that's Russia. <laughs> I can't remember G smoking in G sharp. I cannot remember for the life of me. It's been so long since he came out with that. Um, but yeah, that's when they, he was telling everybody basically that the government was wiretapping everybody, and and they can listen on any conversation they wanted to with a click of a switch. And, they're doing that now. I don't think Edward Snowden is a terrible person. No, he's trying to tell everybody the truth. Exactly. Ron, not only are they going through iPhones, right now sitting here on the computer, all of you sitting behind your computer typing and shit, they're watching you. Right. Now, that's like everybody that says, you know, I'm not getting a shot because of there's a tracking device. What do you think they're doing with their phone? You can, they can, you know, they can do that in a heartbeat. My personal reason why I'm not getting a shot is just because they haven't tested it enough in my eyes. That's just my reason. I don't care if anybody gets a shot or don't get the shot. You know what I mean? I, I, it's all an individual. Exactly. It's up to you personally. That's my thought on it. That's all I'm going to say about the shot. But I brought that up because, you know, everybody was, talking about that and oh my god they're chipping you well, well i'm sure that they found other ways to chip us <laughs> and if you think about it uh, i had a discussion with somebody uh the other day and and they said now a vaccine you you you, you had the uh measles vaccine you had the polio vaccine right and that was all one shot hey ted right that's a vaccine so why do you have to have two shots for for covid and now they're working on a booster shot, so it's not a vaccine. Vaccines are only one shot. That's what, yeah, Andy brought that up to you. Was it Andy? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, Ted. I, but I'm not getting the shot. First of all, I because of, of my um, Eladonia, I don't want, I don't like shots anyway because they hurt longer than they hurt most people for me. Um, oh yeah, they have, government has eyes everywhere, definitely. Um, so like, I don't get jabs for just about anything. Um, and if they have to draw blood, I have to have a butterfly needle. Um, but I just don't like getting shots as it is. (laughs) I mean, nobody does. I mean, really, to be honest with you, but. And now here's one thing that scares me. Two Tuesdays in a row, I had to go into the hospital. As everybody knows, I've had mild heart attacks. Now, in the process of them giving me an, uh, an IV 
and then pumping this medicine into my vein to slow down my heart. How do I know not one of them was a COVID vaccine? Right. Exactly. You don't know. Do you know what I mean? And that's the thing, too. And on the other side of that, you know, with people dying from the shot and, you know what I mean? Yes, it's just like, and I've told the story before, when I was pregnant with Ryan, I had a really bad toothache, okay? And it really, it was really bad to where I went to the hospital, got emergency um, Novocaine, you know, until I went up to the max. He's like, I can't give you no more. So later that night, the toothache came back, right? So I called the dentist. I'm like, what do I do? I got a half a hydrocodone, but I'm pregnant. I don't want to take that. And he's like, honey, he goes, take that, take half of the hydrocodone. He goes, you're putting more stress on the fact that you're in pain than that hydrocodone is going to do to the baby. He goes, the reason why we don't say that is because we don't know. Because I, my body's different than your body. My, your body's different than somebody else's body. You don't know what ha- you're going to have a reaction to. That's why there's all these warning labels on different things. It's because they don't know your body. Do you know what I mean? They just know the general. They're trying to help, but they just don't know the ins and outs of everybody's body perfectly. If that makes sense. Did I say that right, honey? Yeah, you said it right. And, and because... It- that goes along the lines of the, the, the first time I went into the hospital. Um, as I was getting discharged, the nurse that, that was uh, doing my paperwork and that, she looked at me and she says, you know, she says, doctors get paid a lot of money, but there's only one person that's better than a doctor. She says, and that's you. Right. You know your body. But it, 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 it's... It, 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 you try to explain to a doctor what's wrong with you and they don't want to believe you because you're not a doctor. Well, that's the other thing too, Spitfire. You're right in a way. He said there are way way too many people believe in the conspiracies here that's hurting the rest of us. But the thing of it is, do you know how many conspiracy theories started out and then they were true? Do you know what I mean? So you have to, I mean, you can't go overboard. It's just like everything else. That's why I sit on the fence with a lot. I'm not there. I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? But I, I mean, everybody likes a good conspiracy theory. Yes. But there have been conspiracy theories. There's a lot of them that were conspiracy theories back then, but they are now proven true. Well, I, I guess the biggest conspiracy theory about the vaccine, though, is how fast it was developed yeah that's what scares me yeah but here you are hundreds of years later and you still can't cure cancer you can't prevent cancer but yet this vaccine developed in three months is supposed to save your life but it doesn't matter if it's tested either because it's going to react to you differently than it's going to, like, it's going to react to me, my body, and my body's defense different than it's going to react to Eddie's body and bodies of defense. Do you know what I'm saying? That's why they test it. Right. They test it on different variants. And that's how they come up with the, the perfect chemical mixture that it will work in everybody's body. Right. I agree, Smoke. You're right. 
said my stances. If you want the back or not, it's your choice. That's exactly right. And you I, know, that's, I believe, go totally, for it. totally believe that. You know, my son is vaccinated because he's in the National Guard. And, you know, and I think Savannah said it right because she's vaccinated. She's a nurse. You know, she got it the way she feels about it. She got it for her and protecting Briella, my, my, our granddaughter. You know what I mean? So I mean, definitely. It's up to everybody themselves. Nobody should have, you know. I'm not here to judge anybody that gets the vaccine. That's right. It's the same thing. I mean, now they're, but now they're talking about if it's a vaccine, and it goes up one step further, though. you got to get a double dose. Now they're talking about a booster for it. And now they're talking about you might have to get this shot once a year. So how is that a vaccine? Okay, so moving on. <laughs> So, could a government experiment hint at a missing link between physics and the paranormal? Okay. Last month, Fermilab announced the result of an experiment that suggests that our current understanding of how the universe works might not be the whole picture. Whenever the idea of something exists beyond our current level of understanding and is bounced around, people in the paranormal field get excited. After all, that is a definition of the paranormal, something outside, above, and beyond the norm. The, nor- the reason why the results announced on April 7 seem hopeful to some par- paranormal researchers because it's a very nature, the paranormal falls outside of the normal realms of science. So when it's suggested that there's more to science and we currently understand, then it's not much leap, right? So in this case, the reason for the paranormal interest in the the physics story is mostly fueled by the headline above, which sucks that people do that. It really does. So the experiment, what did this experiment prove? Well, simply put, it looked like some tiny subatomic particles called muons, and I believe we talked about this, which are similar to the more familiar electron that has a big, that has a much larger mass. It found these particles didn't behave as expected based on our concurrent understanding of the universe. And thanks to the standard model, model of particle physics, we know that mu- we should know how muons behave, but they didn't. So it's saying that this is a glitch in the model, right? The experiment confirmed that the anomaly detected by the BNL, which strongly suggests that something concurrently unknown to us is influencing the magnetic field of muons in a way that are not accounted for the standard model. So what they're saying, I know those monocles are bastards at times. <laughs> so what they're saying, right, 
Now, you guys have seen the experiment and the little, if you remember, the little cartoon I showed you how if you're not looking, the particles do one way, but if you're looking at it, the particles go the other way. Do you know, do you remember what I'm talking about, honey? Not really. I'm trying to. Remember the little thing with the eyeball? And it was showing the cartoon where the light was, the particles were going through the boards. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So that's what they're talking about here. But physicist Brian Cox, of course, famously explains why he thinks ghosts don't ex exist. If there's some kind of substance that's driving our bodies, making my arm move and legs move, then it must interact with the particles out of which our bodies are made. And seeing this, we've made high-precision measurements of the ways that particles interact. Then my assertion is there can be no such thing as energy source that's driving our bodies. And, and it, yeah, it, I mean, it's like, I remember my MRI and, and Andy saying, when you observe particles, things change. Right. That is a total glitch in, in the whole system. When you notice it, it's a glitch. Is that is that how you look at it? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, like we discussed before, uh, who said it here just a little bit ago right here somewhere. Right there, Spitfire said it's a glitch in the Matrix. And to me, we've talked about this before. You catch the Matrix in a glitch when it knows you're not paying attention. But if you catch it before it realizes that you're looking again, it's changed. And that's what Andy just said. When you realize that particles have changed, everything changes. Right, yeah. And that's what the, the, the whole model experiment showed. You know, how the, the neurons, muons, there's no R in there, Missy, muons react when we're looking at them. Or when science, we, we are, but the scientists are. I think you said it right. Neurons. Muons. It's M-O-U-N-S. M-O-N-U-S? M-O... Hold on, let me find it. M-O-U-N-S. Mons? No, it's muons. Like neutrons. and Moonus? <laughs> no! Moonus. You just want to moon people. Not me. <laughs> I'd scare them. Well, that's just the thing, Ted. Yeah, we're all made of energy and our body is full of new neutrons and protons, etc. Why we give off energy. Right. And that's, you know, I used to watch Brian Cox. I mean, sometimes, you know, he's one of them people, you know, scientists that say ghosts don't exist, right? But there's other things that he talks about that I love about him. But, you know... You don't see eye to eye with everybody. It'd be boring if you did. Well, going with what Ted said, uh, we're all made of neutrons and electrons and all. And, 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 and I've said this in shadows, you know, I'm right. I've always said that's why we never die. Energy does not die. Right. 
Exactly, which brings to mind if a giant tree falls over in the woods and no one heard it or saw it happen, then it did really did it really occur? Exactly, that's the age old question, right? But no, because let's say you you, you were standing in a spot in the forest. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now you've examined this area. You leave. You come back two days later. There's a down tree. So yes, obviously it did happen. But with some there, somebody there to observe it. Who's to did say it didn't get changed? Be. Who's to say that whoever is in control didn't change it? Huh? <laughs> whoever's in control didn't change it. Yeah. If they're, whoever's in control of the Matrix. So the Matrix just put a tree there to fuck with you. Well, what yeah. What happen? Background people, remember? Background. That tree was already there. You just <laughs> missed it. It's all, That's right. It's all in a matter of perception. Exactly. That's why I say we make our own lives. We live our own lives. We, you know. So if I'm sitting in a room, nobody's around, and I fart, did I really fart? Yes, because you felt it. How do you know? You didn't. You weren't there to witness it. No, I can't say that you fart. That's why I say I'm not around, so I well, don't yeah, know. Well, yeah, you can, because when you walk in a room, you know. Yeah, you'll, yeah that's true. <laughs> that is true. Uh, uh, science consciousness is merely a fluke anomaly of higher brain functions as such. Do we even truly exist? Honestly, I don't think we do. I think in our own roundabout way. This <laughs> <laughs> really bitch just puts it out there. Eddie, moon us. What? No. <laughs> You're as bad as Simon and talking about waxing my balls. <laughs> oh, the MIB. I know. You got to be careful. We don't want them showing up. Well, if they show up, I'll moon them. <laughs> I might scare them the hell off. Exactly, Andy. But you were there to witness it with your fart. But would you believe me if I told you? If you weren't there to We're not asking it, that, though. You're just going to take my word for it, though, right? <laughs> well, like you, you said. Give the boy no, you ain't got to give the boy. Why are you saying that, Nicole? <laughs> so, yeah, just like the, the question of are those mountains are really there? We're not looking at them right now. So are those mountains really there? Andy, everything's fucked up in the world. <laughs> we ain't got to figure out what it is. Everything is. So it says, well, <laughs> since the expected influence, the experiment hints at us unknown to us. There are no way to know exactly what it does or how it influences the world around us, even our universe and reality. Although very unlikely, it could be that this new exotic um, physics we're on the verge of uncovering is the missing link that will allow us to determine how organic brains can re- rise to consciousness. How organic brains? How our organic brains can give rise to consciousness. Oh, great. So we went from having normal brains eating organic food, now having organic brains. <laughs> great. That's okay. I was going to show you guys clump if they get, if they, if we all, it's cookie time. <laughs> cookie time. Um, Fluky. Fluky, what a cookie. Sandy's fault. He did it, Nicole. Yeah, swear he antagonized it, us. Swear at him. He antagonized us. He even has it in capital letters. 
Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> swear at him and all the right. Organic, the real thing. I'm sorry, I'm not eating organic food. No, if you mashed everybody that in this world together, we're just one big in a turd. blender. In a blender, we'd all fit inside uh, a capsule. No, well, stop. <laughs> we'll all fit inside. Um, what's the freaking park in New York? I'm City? not saying anything. Shut up. <laughs> what's the park in New York City? Central. Yes, I don't know what. That Holy is. shit! You're butt bucking New York. <laughs> Thank you, Amora, for buying us a coffee. Thank you, Amora. Thank you so much. But look, she's the one trying to take him to the fucking park, and she's from New York. I'm not from New York City. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you're still from New York. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> but we would all fit inside a big ball in New York City Central Park. I'm full of, God, I'm full of cow crap. I, I was going to share it with you guys, but every time I looked at the picture, I'd get grossed out and almost puke. <laughs> I don't know why, but something about the picture, and I'm like, I'm not keeping that on my screen. <laughs> your camera's froze. There why? You your, your camera keeps freezing. I don't know. It's your camera. And this is funny now. Usually, I'm the one that's blurry. I am crystal clear and you're blurry. I'm blurry? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, how many times are I going to say it? <laughs> All right. So, before the show ends, let's look at this mysterious troll captured in a photo, right? So, the guy says um, he was in Steening, just outside of Marsta, a suburb of Sweden's capital, Stockholm. He had it has been inhibited for thousands of years. Your camera's frozen. God damn it, every time I say it, you unfreeze. <laughs> Just behind Stenich Castle, you'll find a magnificent rune stone. And if you venture further into the woods, you'll find a huge grave filled, scattered around what's left of thousand years of an old fort. There's more, of course. This area of Sweden is packed with ancient structures, standing stones, grave mounts, and other remains of distant civilization, right? He says, the photo of me taken, or above, is taken behind the castle on the road leading up to the graves and the fort. So he, he took the picture and he didn't think much of it until someone said something to him. Yes, Ted, you're right. It is Central Park. Let me blow this up. Not that far. So this is the picture of him. Okay. Okay. Let me maybe remove chat. So you guys can see it better. Okay. Now who is this? This is the guy that his husband was taking the picture. Okay. Okay. So, there's a troll in there. All right, hold on. Let's see if you can find him. I'll leave it up for a little bit so you guys can look. I'm kind of looking. I've got a couple of spots where it might be, but I'm not sure. Okay. 
Nicole, you see too? That's so funny because I did too. So it might be the couple spots you're thinking of or that you see. Yep. Heather says is, is, there's one on the left and one on the right. Oh, I don't know about the left. I didn't see one on the left. If you're looking at the photo, uh huh, on the right hand side. Yeah, on the right okay, hand side. Okay, it looks like a set of feet right there in the shadow. You okay. see the feet? Yep, yep. I see it. I see where you like okay. right, like right here. Hold on, right here. I can't. Yeah, yep. Number feet. See them? Mm hmm. Now the other one that I see is kind of like on the left hand side. Okay. Um, about halfway up the tree. Like, it, it's kind of hanging there. Oh, up here? Yeah. Like, he's sitting on a rock or sitting, kind of peeking around a tree or something. Oh, that right here? I didn't even see that one. Like, the head right here? An arm coming out here? Is that what you guys see? No, no, come. Hold on. All right. Right here. So right, right, right here? there. Yeah, it looks like there's one there, but you can tell. You see the feet. You can actually see the face. Right. Right there. Yeah, I actually see a face right there, like a weird looking. Face. I think that's just looks how the tree bark is. All right. So let me go ahead and. Oh, not that one. Yeah, that's the one he someone pointed out to him. Which one? That one. Oh, the first one that is obvious. Yeah. So what do you guys think? Hey, Tony. Hey, Tony. So what do you guys think? Do you think that's a troll? Well, it ain't Bigfoot. Or do you think it's pareidolia? That'd be a good question right there. That does look like feet, though. It, it, no lie. <laughs> it does. It looks like some. It, like it's actually standing there. Yeah. You see Nicole a face as plain as day. See, I would see it like this looks like eyes and a nose, like a different animal spirit. Almost like, like, you know what it looks like to me now? Now that I blew it up like that, it looks like the raccoon off of Galaxy of the Guardians. <laughs> My God. <laughs> We're doing good. We're doing good. So, yeah. Pretty weird, right? What do you guys think? Come on, get off of there. See, she didn't even think it looked like, she didn't notice the feet. Yeah, I didn't, at first I didn't notice the feet, I'm not going to lie. Rocket raccoon, yeah. <laughs> Rocket. That, that was the first thing that drew me to that, drew me to that side, because it looked like feet standing there. Right. Now, they say when they were, they did see other strange phenomena in the sky, but that's, they're going to do another story on that, but. Yeah, so pretty wild, right? Okay, so the next and last one is a video shows a guard being attacked by a ghost. A Colombian mayor has posted up, the mayor, right, has posted up a video featuring bizarre footage of alleged paranormal attack. In the clip posted on his Facebook page, Joe Manuel Rios Morales, who is the mayor of Amerina, shared footage of a security guy, guard who allegedly 
got attacked by an invisible entity. Now, Be, before you go into that story, okay. it, I think Nicole's trying to bring up a point where that might have been photoshopped. And she's got a point, though, because the left side and the right side of that photo mm-hmm. are kind of blurry. But he's perfectly clear in the middle. Well, that's going to happen. When you take a goddamn... If I take a picture of you sitting there in that chair, the left side, the right side is going to be blurry, but you're going to be perfectly clear? I don't know. Uh-huh. Hey, Freaky Geek. What's up, Freaky Geek? Okay, so... All right. Here is the photo. Hopefully it'll play. You know how it all works here, guys. Okay, so there's the security guard, right? Okay. There's two parts to this, or there's two things anyway. You can't see anything. Okay, so. Okay, watch. See it? See him get pushed there, right? They come over. What the fuck's wrong with. Oh, damn it. Hold on. So they get up, they come up. See that? Oh, I see a black screen. You see a black screen? If your screen went black. (laughs) He got pushed into the here. I, I don't know what you're watching, but you can't see shit on, on on this play. I mean, I see a bunch of lights and shadows, but you can't really see anything. Yeah, he's right here. So he's laying there. What happened? Would he fall? Do you see this duck? He got pushed into there. Watch. I'll rewind it. His lights in the way. That's why you're having problems seeing it. Hold on. See him get pushed? No. Hold on. Look, right? See? I'm trying to do it to where you can see it. Do you guys see it? Yeah, he's got a flashlight. That's why you're seeing the light. So right there, I can, can I can completely debunk that because there is no absolute physical proof that you can see he got pushed. I see him getting pushed. Come here and look on my screen. See if that helps you. It's going to be no different than on my screen. It's going to look the same fucking way. Okay. Okay, who says he didn't jump backwards? And he didn't get pushed. Whatever was there got pushed. He no, he gets pushed into it. Why is he then? Why is he, he flying he's that right way? There because that's how hard he got pushed into the wall. Now watch. He's there. Boom. Okay, but he falls here. How does he wind up way the hell over there? Because he's crawling. Because he's scared. He's crawling away from it. Uh, did he quit his job? 
I don't know. You'd have to ask the mayor. I know damn good well I'd have quit if that was actually <laughs> true. Either that, you're giving me one hell of a goddamn raise. <laughs> All right, let me. <laughs> Eddie says the mayor just didn't want the world knowing the guard was stoned to the parrot. Couldn't even walk more than a few steps. Hey, Shaz. Hey, Shaz. Okay, Heather's seen it. Jeez. It's, it, it, I, I'm sorry. There's just it, It's not a clear video. Well, it's on, off of CCTV. It's never a clear video off CCTV. Whatever. We've seen many, many videos off CCTV that came in clear as hell. Tony's going to a party. He'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the link to the, the um, YouTube video. I, I, you know what? I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna right-click this and open it in a new tab, and I will watch it after the show. Okay. To see if I got a, a better view of it. How's that? Okay. Oh, a whole bunch of shit, Chaz. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> you think he was on an ice skates? No, it looked like he's trying to fucking rollerblade and he was his first time. <laughs> I mean, you really, because the, the light reflection is so bright, anything could have happened and it looks like he got pushed. Now, he's a big boy, so if he stumbled and fell forward. Yeah, he crashed into the. Listen to me. Okay. If he stumbled and crashed forward, not getting pushed, he's a big enough boy to create that to happen. He he looked like a linesman on a football team. <laughs> but I, I'll look at it and, and here I'll show it one more time and I'll try to show it or uh, slow it down. I'll go frame by frame. But if you look at it on my on my screen. Right. All I see is a big white blur. Okay, here we go. Do you see him getting thrown in there right now? I'm, you know what? Come here and look at my screen. Hold it. Pause it right there. Come look at my screen. I did pause it. That's why I said. Does it look like he's shoved? If you watch the motion of it, It yes. looks like he's going to do a chubby checker dance and hit check it. <laughs> You're an ass. I'm just saying. <laughs> but see, on here, okay. you can't see where he falls. Now he's still on his now, feet at this point. Not where I just paused it, he's flying towards the wall. His head is here. His arms are flailed. Like you can see, his, his waist is here. His feet are here. And he's giving you a link. Well, hold on a minute. I can't see chat. No, he's saying that you might want to cover on another show. So I'll open it up in a... Oh, okay. I get what you're saying. I got it open in another uh, link. Okay. 
I know. That's what's scary. You guys are always watching. <laughs> no, I love you guys. Always watching. You see, that, Nicole, I'm thinking, it, 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 to me, it looked like he stumbled. At that, at that, uh, I don't know, at that force, he looks like he was thrown into that wall. He's a big boy. Ron says he looks like he's trying to dance. <laughs> Welcome back, Tony. Welcome back, Tony. I so, just yeah. wish it, I wish it was a clearer picture. Right. It, it's hard. It definitely is hard because of the, the flashlight. But, yeah, so there you guys go. The link's in the... Well, it's in the description as well, but it's also in the chat. So <laughs> let me head over to a D Live. Good show, baby. It, it Thank was you. a good show. Thank you. Yeah, not bad for Friday the 13th, huh? That was it. It sounded like you were calling something. Yeah, I'm calling something. I'm just saying. It actually sounded like a submarine. Yeah, that's well, like the when somebody uh, is calling on uh Yeah, when, we're try, when I try to call you on Facebook. Yeah. Thank you for Thank the you, ice Laura. cream. Thank you for the ice cream. Thank you, Nicole. I'm glad you guys liked it. And while she's going over to D-Live, I want to take the opportunity to say hugs to the ladies, fist bumps to the guys. Stay safe, stay strong. And remember... Come check out Chaos and the Master of Mayhem tomorrow. That's right. Of course, we'll be back Monday for Paranormal Talk Monday Musings. I'm not sure what we're going to do yet. Ron, thank you for the diamond. Thank you, Ron. You guys are awesome. Yeah, with that being said, um... I hope you guys have a great rest of your Friday the 13th. We hope you have a great rest of your Friday the 13th. Yes. Yes, we do. (laughs) We do. (laughs) Um, If anything spooky happens on your Friday the 13th, let us know, of course. Or if you have a story or an encounter of a cryptid, uh, whether it be cryptid, uh, paranormal, you know, a spirit, UFO sighting, alien sighting, whatever. If you if you shat yourself when you farted, share that's your right. story. Share your story. <laughs> send me an email. You can do it two ways. You can send me an email at shadowsofthemoon1 at yahoo.com. Or you can click on the link that's down in the description that goes takes you to Anchor FM and you can record it. And I will share it on the stream. Your recording. We do have one recording. Should I share that real quick? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let me go ahead and share that real quick because I do have one recording. I have put it into... Freaky geek. I I, I know what a shot is. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I've played it a couple times on my podcast. No, Andy, do not send them videos to her. No, we're not. No, we're not doing that. We are no, 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 just for you to watch. And no, don't do it. <laughs> All right, so I didn't even know you got a recording. I did get a recording. Well, I didn't know you got one. You never said anything. <laughs> All right, let me show. I'm on the wrong screen. So 
we'll sh we'll go ahead and share this, right? This is what you guys will see. Um, let me get the audio going because I need that. And this is what you guys will, well, you won't see it. I see this. This is what I see. But anyway, here is the recording we have. Missy and Andy, welcome here. Fucking Andy. <laughs> <Missy>. <laughs> I've used that a couple times on my podcast. I With have. Andy. <laughs> <laughs> After my introduction, I have used that on my podcast. <laughs> as soon as it's as soon as he spoke, I was like, "That's Andy." <laughs> So, yeah, if you go down and use the, the description or go down to the description and click the link that says Anchor FM, leave a message, you can do that. <laughs> no, Ted, that was Andy. That wasn't me. Hi, <laughs> uh, Andy. Said, can send you some reaction. No, no. Yeah. No, no they were the big Yes, I know. No. <laughs> You will fucking throw up, I guarantee it. There you go, Amora. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you guys can do any of those. <laughs> That's you going soprano. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a new definition. <laughs> right? All right, guys. So I'm pressing the button now if you are over in DLive. Click on the chest. I have opened it up. Get your lemons. <laughs> I know, right, Ted? Andy doesn't have a manly voice. <laughs> you got 10 seconds. You okay? Yeah, it's my wrist. Oh. I, I made it pop. Now it kind of hurt a little bit. <laughs> Andy, why do people record me <laughs> at a full moon? <laughs> Because that's the only time you want to talk. That's right. <laughs> All right. Who got lemons? Nicole got 79.3. Heather got 46.0. Amora got 33.5. Ron got 26.8. And Freaky Geek got 22.6 lemons. Freaky Geek gets 22.6 and he's been here five minutes. <laughs> Yesterday he was in here the whole show and didn't get a damn one. <laughs> You're the best around. Every no, single Freaky one Geek wasn't here yesterday. He came in at the very end. Not Freaky Geek? Yes. Today he came in at the very end. Okay, maybe it was today. <laughs> what do I know? What the hell do I know? All right, guys. With that being said, yeah, okay. See, I was right. No, he said I missed the show yesterday. No, we, no he, he showed up. You gotta give the boys points. <laughs> You're not gonna win, Freaky. You were here, damn it. I got watch. <laughs> Go back and watch the fucking show. I guarantee you was in here. <laughs> Andy said, I'm the beast around. <laughs> Whether right. you were here or not, you were here, Freaky Geek. It, it was a good time with you. He felt <laughs> your presence. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> All Don't right, you guys. ever call me Sir Freaky Geek? <laughs> <laughs> 
I work for a living. Thank you for an awesome week, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. I hope you enjoyed the shows for this week. And again, like I said, we will be back Monday for Monday Musings Paranormal talk and the rest of the week, of course. And uh, yeah. So with that being said, I hope you guys have a rest, a great rest of your day. Eddie does too. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for being here. We love each and every one of you, whether you're watching on YouTube and chiming in with us or listening on the podcast afterwards. We love you to death. And can't thank you guys enough for being here. All right, everybody. Love you guys. Make sure you find something today that makes you smile with your eyes. Ready? Mm